this is Grant Winneravage, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. We'll also hear a report from Don Wick as well. Well, the initial market reaction to the January USDA supply demand reports was rather muted. USDA lowered corn production to 13.7 billion bushels, raised corn yield to 173.3 bushels per acre, and lowered harvested acres to 79.2 million acres. Soybean production was estimated at 4.27 billion bushels. Soybean acreage cut to 49.5 bushels per acre. Winter wheat seedings were raised 11% for last year to 37 million acres. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says the quarterly grain stocks report is the market driver to the upside. What those really tight grain stocks numbers for all three commodities, but especially the wheat, what that did for the U.S. ending stocks for the, the grains and the soybeans and uh, very surprising, especially, as I said, the, the wheat number actually going down a little bit, but uh, also seeing, you know, a nice uh, 15 million drop, uh, 15 million bushel drop in the corn, which I don't think the trade was expecting at all because of the weak export sentiment that we priced in. Market traders had been leaning towards a bearish report. You know, without a doubt, especially look at the price action where we were in the hard red and the soft red wheat. We were dealing with six, five, six-month lows in the United States, dealing with 11-month lows in, in the European market. And I think that's still a big issue to watch is the European market, uh, as will be the soybeans, because they did see probably the weakest number when it came to the world figures. And, and weakest number as a whole, the world number really stood out by going up to 103.5 million metric tons. USDA says farmers planted 37 million acres of winter wheat this fall. That's 11% more than the fall of 21. Hard red winter wheat area is expected to total 25.3 million acres, 10% more than last year with the biggest increase in acres in Texas, while North and South Dakota acreage is unchanged. USDA's corn stored in all positions as of December 1st in the quarterly stocks report totaled 10.8 billion bushels, down 7% from 2021. 6.75 billion bushels are stored on farm. Soybeans stored in all positions as of December 1, totaling 3.02 billion bushels. That's down 4% from last year. USDA says soybeans stored on farm totaled 1.48 billion bushels. All wheat stored in all positions as of December 1st, totaling 1.28 billion bushels. That's down 7% from a year ago. USDA says wheat stored on farm totaled 362 million bushels. The WASD pushed a little strength into the corn market. Total Farm Marketing market analyst John Heinberg says the surprise came in the form of lower harvested corn acres. Let's just get right into it. First off, in U.S. crop production, you know, that was the area that we we saw the surprise as the USDA took harvested acres down from 8.8 million bushels on the the November report down to 79.2. So that's a 1.6 million acre chop in terms of harvested acres. Now that did cause yield to go up to 173.3, but obviously when you're taking out the poorest producing acres, the yield average is going to go higher. Even with the demand adjustments that they did make in terms of chopping off about 150 million bushels of export demand. Heinberg says a short run-up of corn prices could prove to be profitable for farmers looking to sell. 
Now, the best thing about things is, too, we got some technical moves higher. This money might flow into this market, push this market a little bit higher here, providing producers some opportunities to get some sales in here over the next few weeks. You know, we still have a big South American crop. We got that confirmed today by the USDA. And somewhere down the line, we're going to see this big soybean crop from Brazil come into play, and that it, maybe that anticipated corn crop later this summer, and that could weigh on prices. So, again, here's an opportunity, I think, for producers to take advantage of these market prices here, at least in the short term as those supplies at this time frame are still going to look tighter until those South American crops would come online. Since 2020, grain prices have been advancing on crop losses and demand growth. Farmers Business Network Chief Economist Kevin McNew says supply growth is slowing down in relation to demand. You know, really, for the last decade or so, there's kind of been a slowing trend of agricultural supply growth. And that's important because as we look at the situation we're in today where we have prices that are elevated, you know, there's a lot of concern on farmers. Are prices going to go back to normal? And I think the short answer is no. But we see supply growth that has been you know, largely trending higher for 60, 70 years is really starting to slow and kind of plateau. And at the same time, we have demand growth that's really positive. So I think, you know, the markets are going to continue to kind of be supported here, even though they haven't really moved sharply one way or the other in the last six months. McNew says today's WASDE report underpinned uh, supply chain, the supply chain challenges. The market kind of got a little complacent. You know, on the corn side, you know, we've lost a lot of harvested acres because of all the problems in the plains. So this latest figure, the final figures from USDA, showed big, big downgrades on harvested acres because of what was going on in the southern plains. So, you know, Kansas lost 700,000 harvested acres. You know, Texas, Colorado, uh, you know, all these areas that were prone to drought, all that really got factored in today. And so where the market had been looking for a big increase in stocks because of sluggish exports, they actually got stocks that were just a hair lower, which is very bullish, and that's the market's reaction right now. The Minnesota Crop Improvement Association is meeting in Fergus Falls. Red River Farm Network Farm, ne uh, Farm Network's Don Wick is there. The Minnesota Crop Improvement Association presented its Honorary Premier Seed Grower Award to Dave Grafstrom of Roseau, part of the University of Minnesota team at the Magnuson Research Farm, and the head of the MDA Plant Protection Division, Den uh, Denise Thied. The Premier Seed Grower Award is going to Dean Johnson and Kurt Ockrey from Carlstead, Kurt Flagel of Benson, and Lon Baldus of Grand Meadow. This is the 120th annual meeting for the Minnesota Crop Improvement Association. From Fergus Falls, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. Go to Red River Farm Network, rfn.com. You can sign up for our weekly Red River Farm Network e-newsletter. FarmNet News will hit your email box every Monday. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. North Dakota Farm Service Agency Executive Director Marcy Svenningson says the sign-up for Phase 2 of the Emergency Relief Program opens before the end of January. ERP, we've announced when the sign-up is actually going to begin. It's going to be January 23rd, 2023 through June 2nd uh, in order to come in and look at uh, to see if you're eligible for the Emergency Relief Program Phase 2. And actually the new Pandemic Assistance Relief Program, which is PARP. Svenningson says ERP Phase 2 aims to compensate farmers for shallow losses. 
both of these programs look at revenue. And the thing to remember is is that when you get all done with this, you're still going to have to deduct your ERP payments that you received in order to determine if you are actually eligible for a payment. And North Dakota was the largest receiver of ERP funds in the nation. So I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just guessing that a lot of our producers may have maxed out with some of those payments. And ERP phase two is more for people with shallow losses or people that maybe weren't insured. And so that's where this is supposed to kind of pick up the pieces Farmers Business Network released a new report on winter wheat seedings. The response points towards more planted acres of winter wheat. Farmers Business Network senior commodity analyst Regina Gavillo says planted acres are expected to be up 900,000 compared to last year, but the USDA report uh, determines more accurate figure. Those numbers could shift if the Southern Plains doesn't receive moisture. As far as the dry weather today and its impact, yes, conditions were bad uh, going into the dormant season because of this dry weather. However, however, uh, when you look at historical relationships of condition ratings and dryness pre-dormancy, right, um, finding any correlation or any direct impact that yields will be lower because of that, very hard to find, uh, no significant impact. What does matter is how the crop is treated once it comes back out of the dormant season. Gavillo says other key wheat countries like Ukraine are expected to have less acres. What's critical this year is the conflict was ongoing when Ukraine was planting its winter wheat, and that was not the case a year ago. And so acres probably down there. But despite the, the high wheat prices that farmers around the world have been able to face this past year, other commodity prices have been up as well. And so we're not seeing a big boost in winter wheat area in the EU, for instance. You know, again, barley prices are great. A lot of their barley is planted in the winter. And the same for Ukraine. Ukraine plants some winter barley and they also plant winter rapeseed. And so these crops were competing with each other for ground. And we just didn't see that increase in winter wheat area for uh, those two exporters. That's a plus going into the spring growing season. Brazilian Crop Supply Agency, CONAB, cut their crop production estimate in this morning's report. CONAB says Brazil's farmers will produce 152.7 million metric tons of soybeans and 125.1 million metric tons of corn in the 22-23 growing season. Both are down slightly from the December estimate. While Brazil's soybean production number was cut, it will still be record large when comparing to last year's record 125.5 million metric ton crop. The Rosario Grains Exchange cut production estimates for Argentina's crops. The Grains Exchange cut soybean production from 49 million metric tons to 37 million and corn production from 55 million tons to 45 million tons. Lowen and Associates market analyst Matt Hines says the cuts were more than what the trade was expecting. Rosario Grain Exchange, though, actually came out this morning and chopped 10 million metric tons off their corn number and 12 million metric tons from their soybean production estimates. So those are some, some big numbers and big changes. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending January 5th showed net old and new crop corn export sales of 278 million metric tons 
1,000 metric tons. That is 13% less than the previous week and 61% below the four-week average. Net soybean sales of 783,000 tons are 10% less than the previous week and 42% less than the four-week average. Net wheat sales of 92,000 metric tons are 36% less than the previous week and 75% less than the four-week average. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Farmers are putting in their orders for 2023 crop inputs. BASF Technical Service Representative Dan Mellis recommends farmers review what weeds were troublesome last year and what products helped control them. I guess the big thing is yeah, reviewing what went well and what didn't last year. And uh, from that point, uh, start making a plan as far as uh, weed control goes for 2023. And one of the th big things we're looking at this year is uh, setting up a good uh, pre-emergence herbicide where we're giving some uh, extra residual to uh, help control weeds on out into the post-herbicide applications for the season. And Mellis says layering those residual herbicides helps manage yield loss and reduces pressure on the post-emergence herbicide. Well, it depends on uh, cropping system or what uh, I mean, what trait system you're using. Whether we're talking soybeans or corn or even uh, some of the other more minor crops, also. But playing a good residual system to uh, help manage yield loss due to early season competition, reducing the pressure on the post-emergent herbicides by keeping those weeds at bay earlier in the season really helps uh, with the better yield at the end of the season, um, and then get, letting that crop get up and going and uh, help compete against those weeds. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. We're seeing uh, March wheat Minneapolis 13 and a quarter cents higher, 912 and a half. July is up nine at 901 and three quarters. Chicago March wheat three cents higher at 743. Kansas City March wheat's up 13 and a half at 835 and three quarters. March corn 14 and three quarter cents higher at 670 and three quarters. December's up six at 595 and a quarter. March soybeans 25 and three quarter cents higher at 1518 and three quarters. July's up 21 cents at 1518 and three quarters. March canola $11.70 a metric ton higher, $843.50 Canadian. February live cattle down 47 cents, 157.27. April's down 52. January feeder cattle are down 85 cents at 182.27. March down $1.22. And February lean hogs are down 60 cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.